The podcast you're about to listen to is part of the Professional Casual Network. To find more podcasts like this, please check out professionalcasual.com. The Professional Casual Network has gear. Check out teespring.com slash store slash professional casual for fresh new swag. Also, every month we're going to be giving away any one item to a Patreon backer at the $5 tier or above. Check out patreon.com slash professional casual for more information. Also, a special thanks to Built Bar for sponsoring the show. To get 10% off your order and to help support the show, use code PROFESSIONALCASUAL at checkout or use the link in the show notes. Guys, 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 guys. Don't. 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 All right. Don't say it. All right. Goodbye. No, don't say it. Uh, What? (laughs) I don't understand. You're going to say goodbye. We did it. We did it. Well, we will have done it very soon. What do you mean? This is the last episode of Laney the Girl Without Fear. I don't like that. The last chapter. I haven't read it yet, so... This is kind of coming as a little bit of a spoiler. You, I mean, you, you were practicing the voices when we first were going to record this about two months ago. Yeah. In those uh, are gone. real world I no time. Idea those right. I have no idea who I'm supposed to. Hi, I'm, I'm Lanny. Nope. That's not right. <laughs> Do you remember what your character sound like? Cause I'm Lanny. Luckily I've been listening to the episodes with Lily in the car. So I've been kind of keeping up that way at, cause I haven't edited this show in a while. So you're going to do all the voices. No. Oh, come on. This is the one where Jork comes back, right? This chapter. He's going to save them all. Yep. That is the Jork special episode. That'll be a Patreon only exclusive episode. When is that going to go up? I'm going to say two weeks from when this episode comes out. That's a good call. Because It's been so wild still. since I've played Jork. Yeah. I can <laughs> almost still remember his voice. My name's Jork. <laughs> and I'm a dork. Hi, it's a me, a dork. Where'd JB come from? What? <laughs> Wrong podcast, man. Oh, geez. But yeah, if you if you've been with us these 20 episodes, thank you. Yeah. It's been super fun. The flagship show of the Professional Casual Network. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. The primogenitor of the professional casual network. It cleans toilets? What? But like in a proper way, a prima janitor. <laughs> I had a uh, buddy that his girlfriend broke up with him because he was a prima janitor. Oh my God. <sighs> That's what I get for trying to use big words sometimes. A bunch of sass. So when, that's right. Yeah, that's what you get when you make up words. Primogenitor isn't a real word. <laughs> but again, as people have listened to 20 episodes, they know that, you know, I say something and then I get a bunch of crap. From you two yahoos. Yep. yep, it's happened 20 times now. At least. This is the 20th time. I mean, probably multiple times per episode. Right, so. I'm just yeah. you know, lumping them all together. Fair. So if you like had to ask us uh, like a question. How was your day? Uh, all right, so. <laughs> <laughs> Did you get to work at work today? Did I get to work at work today? No. <laughs> no, absolutely not. <laughs> I worked out at work today. 
jealous. I yelled at kids today because they were being I, not nice. I do look forward to days where there's webinars at mm. work because we have a weight bench next to my desk and I can just work out during. That's cool. During webinars. That's very cool. That's and then they fun. call on you and like you're like <laughs> mid set and you're like, you know, I don't want to throw these down and you, you get over there and you're all tired out. Yep. I started doing my cardio workouts during my lunch, mm-hmm. just in my room. Instead of eating, because, you know, who needs to do that? Because I can eat and work at the same she time. She eats literally all day. That's entirely <laughs> true. We've time. been over this a few times, I'm sure. Literally. Um, I don't know literally. if you've heard about a breakfast or not. but <laughs> It's in this beautiful bowl. So good. Um, but the other day, one of my friends at work called me. It was the conference day. Right? No, it was our Wednesday work day. Why are you asking me? And he called me in the middle of the workout and I was like, what do you want? And then he was complimenting my food because I I made a spicy casserole and I brought him some because I didn't want it. That's not a spicy casserole. So it was a buffalo chicken spaghetti squash spaghetti squash casserole. Okay. It was really good. Was there actually chicken in it or was it just butter squash pretending to be chicken? (laughs) It was spaghetti squash with ground chicken. You said butter squash. What's it called? Spaghetti squash. Oh. Because yeah, you cook it, you can like food. shred out the middle and it looks like spaghetti. Oh. But it's it squash. Stuff to I don't usually casserole. like squash, but when she does stuff like that with it, I really do. Yeah. So it's kind of like buffalo chicken wings in a casserole. It was really good. But it was, really it was good. too spicy for me. I've never I'm put spaghetti in my buffalo chicken wings. <laughs> well, you should now. Yeah. You know? I feel like you would like this meal. Probably. Yeah, yeah. It sounds like something. Kind of like. <laughs> <laughs> so as can I ask a question to everybody? Yeah, sure. Who's your favorite character in, in the book, in the book? Yeah. Um, in what book? In the book, the Bible, <laughs> the healthy, friendly book, the Lenny girl without fear. Um, I think Cass is my favorite. Your receipt things dropped on the floor and I saw episode 20. Who's your favorite character? Oh, here's the good news. I already planned on changing it anyway. Oh, nuts. <laughs> Now I can keep all that in. Ha! Double nuts. <laughs> ha! Come on, spaghetti Jess. nut squash. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I had a different idea. Uh, that was my initial idea. I was going to ask you who your favorite character was, but I thought that was too limiting. A butter nut in this squash. <laughs> Good lord! A shrimp fried this rice. <laughs> <laughs> Tim's Tim's on rare form tonight. <laughs> I'm telling you, he is drunk on food. Yeah, I said that to a kid the other day, and he was like a seventh grader, and he was like, "Thank you," and then walked away. And I was like, "I don't think he knows what that means." No, <laughs> he's just being extra weird. He's one I of those do, kids I like because he's just strange. I do have an acquaintance. Shout out Scott, who is severely lactose intolerant, but he doesn't get like stomach trouble from it. He gets like literally drunk. <laughs> Look, he'll have a it's piece of cheesecake and just be like, stuff. you know, <laughs> <laughs> it's pretty incredible. Did you have cheesecake? I can't believe I drank. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> what's <laughs> happening? Might, might want to have a ambulance on speed dial. Or something. I don't know what's going on. <laughs> I don't know why we're laughing at that. That shouldn't be funny. <laughs> Because men can't actually be in distress like that. No. <laughs> They're not victims. 
Victim, <laughs> you can be physically and you can be physically ill as a man. That's okay. Yeah, that's a thing. Oh, I know. Wow, way to be insensitive. I know. You just can't be emotionally abused, physically abused, uh, verbally abused, or no. emotional or relationship literary abused. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, not as a man. We know that. It's pretty pretty well documented. It's true. Mm-hmm. It's a fact. Scientifically proven. In a lab. Double blind study. <laughs> but we could answer that question since I had a new one anyway. Sweet. Ask us your ask us your questions. I'm ready. No, the the my question for this episode is gonna be after the chapter. Oh god. Okay. Oh, that's dumb. <laughs> I oh told you God. that at least in episode 19, if not multiple times. Episode 19, we literally recorded like two years ago. I was going to say, and <laughs> when? like it. That was before Felix went to college <laughs> when we recorded that episode. <laughs> I mean, this should only be releasing in the end of October of 2020. Right. You're crazy. You're he's crazy. He's really smart, though. He already knows some of his colors. That's so. true. Uh, he's so cute when he says, Bew. Bew? Fast track. Yeah. 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 Oh my gosh. It's so, he, he says, yeah, but he means, yeah, but he starts with the N. So it's very confusing and everybody, nobody understands it. <laughs> it's gotta be but, super uh, frustrating for him, honestly. Right, Cause like, it's I'm like, no, you don't. Single. Yeah. Like, oh, yeah, yeah, no. What? <laughs> Who? Yeah. No. Yeah. Let's do a little bit of a recap. Cause it's been forever for us. Probably been like two weeks for listeners or maybe people are binging it once they realize how awesome this podcast is. Yeah. We ended with the crew getting to Barbagazzi's tooth. Yes. The top of which Ronan lives in. It was a big, basically like a spire of rock in the middle of a canyon. So it was like a mountain that's kind of hidden by a valley. But it was like a, a kilometer across. Kilometer deep. And Kilometer. He, like, he made it, right? He didn't. With, he did. Somebody else did before the Gnome's powers were lost to the cool. world other than him. Yeah. He said he came back and it was here and he was like, oh, this is cool. I'll live here. This is a good place to live. I'm just going to fly to the top. Yeah, because he can he can just fly, but he didn't have the power to fly all of them. So they had to hike their way across. He didn't hike with him. He didn't like show him the way. He was just like, peace later. I'll see you when you get up there. That's I'll, not his style, man. I'll get a kettle of tea on, you yeah. know, I'll make some sandwiches. I'm sure that I've got some egg salad in the fridge. <laughs> Cause he could just make ice. Yeah. Like, okay. From water. So an ice sandwich, he's going to make them. Well, to keep things in a fridge. Yeah. But how long has it been since he's been home? We don't know. Okay. At least a week. Are you going to eat week old egg salad? I wouldn't. That's what I'm saying. I actually travel to LaGuardia once a year um, <laughs> to get an egg salad sandwich. I kind of do that instead of exercise and dieting. I just eat an egg salad sandwich from LaGuardia once a year, and then I get food poisoning for like two to three weeks. I lose about 10 to 15 pounds, and I'm just kind of good to go. Yeah. Heck yeah. This seems like a pretty good plan. Yeah. How do you get to the place with the egg salad sandwich? you like buy a ticket and just don't go anywhere? No, it's LaGuardia. I just, you just drive there. It's on the island of New York. <laughs> LaGuardia Airport. <laughs> All right. Right? Am I wrong? Is LaGuardia not LaGuardia is in New York City, yeah. Oh, yeah. Dan doesn't realize that there are food places before you have to go through security. Not usually. Sometimes there are. You. Uh, 
I don't know about LaGuardia in particular. Don't, so then don't talk about it. Don't this, talk about it's it. obviously not a real story. <laughs> I don't know. If you don't know about LaGuardia, then don't speak to it as if you do know LaGuardia. Well, right back at you, sister. Do you know that there's You guys are related? (laughs) (laughs) I told you it was a Delaware County thing. Oh, God. Do you know that you can get an egg salad sandwich in LaGuardia before going through security? No, but you don't know that you can't, so it's Schrodinger's egg salad sandwich. Well, hopefully a listener can fill us in. God, don't put... Man, after this intro, listeners are going to be like, man, I'm glad this is over. (laughs) What what happened to that podcast? This is a fantastic intro. What are you talking about? All right, so they were trying to climb the tooth. Lanny went first, then Brutus, and Cass. And then Lanny was having a good old time. She looked down and she saw Ronan was standing there with a sword drawn. And she looked out to the river and she saw the mongers were back. Yeah. So why don't we cut mercifully cut this intro short and check out the final chapter oh my twenty. God. I'm glad. Return. Yeah, I've got a roll of toilet paper here. In case you need it, if we're going to cry. Thanks. I've already been food drinking in preparation. (laughs) The three mongers rushed at Ronan without pause. The old man swept a torrent of water at them from the river, knocking two off their feet. The bestial one, Garl, leapt up over the water, careening on all fours through the river at Ronan. The old man staggered back getting close to overtaxing himself from the use of his sprite powers. He held up his sword, but didn't favor his chances against the savage beast. After all this time, could it be this mindless thing that finishes off the wanderer? Ronan thought. Garl roared and spittle flew from his fanged mouth. The bestial monger crashed to the ground as something huge landed on top of it. Brutus had dropped from the tooth, landing squarely on top of Garl. The monger was dazed, but far from finished. The two battled in the splashing water. This time Brutus wore armor and wielded his new weapon, and Garl was having a harder time compared to their clash days ago. The other two mongers made their way across the river, having righted themselves. The leader sensed weakness in Ronan. He could feel the sprite energy inside the wanderer, saw how tired the old man was after his last two feats. Go! was all he said to Rashak, and the tall monger drew his void blade and stalked towards Ronan. Lainey knew it was her turn. She was high up on the tooth, easily over two dozen meters. Higher than ever, she dropped without something to break her fall. If she didn't get down, Ronan was almost certainly dead. He could take the monger with the sword, she knew in her heart, but not the leader sorcerer at the same time. Lainey glanced down and saw Cass had her face hidden in her arm. She was beyond terrified at the sudden reappearance of these three and was unable to move. Lainey made up her mind. Ronan, help! She called out as she pushed herself from the tooth, flying down to the ground. Ronan caught her meaning immediately and slowed her descent enough that she didn't break a leg when she landed. A swirl of wind enveloped Lanny and she floated down slowly for the last few meters. She took a stance next to Ronan and brandished her tanto. She risked a look up and saw Cass was still cowering on the tooth, roughly ten meters up. Cass, up or down, make a choice. Then Rashak was upon them. The monger was exquisitely skilled. Ronan quickly realized the last time they faced off, the monger was not trying his hardest. Now he was. Ronan, a veteran of hundreds of years of sword fights, didn't have the enhanced speed and strength of the monger. The power of the void flowed through him like blood. His eyes glowed violet. His sword was wreathed in magical indigo fire. Ronan's own sword was cloaked in its yellow flames, and the two swords seemed evenly matched. Lanny tried to interject her own blade into the fight wherever she could. The tanto glowed warm, but no fire sprang from it. Lanny was able to jab the short blade at Rashak here and there, but the monger was easily able to defend it or dodge out of the way. 
For as fast and strong as the monger was, it was just as nimble. Cass looked down from her perch and saw the three sword fighters caught in their duel. Brutus kept Garl at bay with his long club. When the monger did get past his guard, his new armor deflected its claws. Tears streamed down Cass's face. Her nose rained with snot. Her hands and legs began to cramp from the effort of holding herself along with the strain of her limbs shaking in pure terror. She could only see two of the mongers. The one she was truly afraid of was out of her line of sight. It was the one thing in this world she feared more than anything else. The thing that killed her da. Your fear is ripe, girl. Cass heard shouted across the river. It is pure and full of purpose. Your fear gives me strength. Cass screamed as a chunk of the tooth exploded out from just next to her. Dark modes of violet energy lingered in the small crater less than a meter to Cass's left. She held on tighter, not sure what to do. It's all falling apart, just like at the ruins. They're going to finish us off, one by one. Cass decided she had to help. She wasn't going to be killed clinging to a magical rock face in the middle of some hole in the ground. She was going to avenge Da and save her friends. Even though the mongers were fondling Lanny, Cass had decided the other night when Lanny kissed her on that log, she loved her. She already forgiven her for the mongers killing her Da. She even knew deep down that it wasn't really Lanny's fault. She never wanted it, didn't know they were coming. Cass was going to stop these terrible creatures and tell Lanny how she really felt. She just had to climb down first. Lainey looked up when she heard the scream just after the explosion and saw Cass tumbling through the air. Cass! Ronan! Lainey cried out, afraid for the first time in her life. Afraid for Cass. There was no way she'd survive a fall from that height, even into the water. Ronan grunted with effort to push Rashak away and cushion Cass's fall, same as he did Lanny's. The wind whipped around Cass and she fell to the ground hard. Cass, no! Lanny screamed out again. She kicked Rashak as hard as she could in his side, causing the monger to double over. Lanny sprinted to Cass's body lying in the shallow water at the base of the tooth. She slid underneath the last meter to check on Cass. She was breathing, thanked the sprites. Lanny dragged Cass's body to prop her up against the rock so she wouldn't drown. Lanny, help! She heard Ronan call to her. Rashak had redoubled his efforts without the distraction of one assailant, and she saw Ronan was bleeding from numerous minor wounds. Yeah, Lanny, help him. The leader taunted. Lanny heard him clearly over the sound of the river, even though he was still on the far bank. Save Ronan, and I will kill your precious Cass. Lanny looked over at the monger. A sphere of violet energy hovered over his open palm, anger and hate filling her. Your fear was divine. I've heard of you as the girl without fear. Tasting it is exhilarating. I'm not afraid of you. Lanny said as she stood, Tonto in hand. Lanny, don't. We can finish this one together. Ronan called out, but Lanny didn't hear him. Her rage overcame all her senses. You almost killed her. I tried and failed, but I will kill her. And you. And Ronan. And your base minotaur. But Cass will come first. Don't listen to... Uh, don't, don't listen to him. He's trying to separate us. Help me kill this one. Ronan was shouting to deaf ears. Lanny, listen to Ro... Brutus called out next, but Garl tackled him into the water. Lanny didn't say anything. Her anger didn't allow her to think of anything except killing the mongers. She ran through the river. The lead monger laughed as she was slowed by knee-deep water. He raised a hand and shot out his violet fire. Lanny held up the tantu, same as at the ruins, and easily deflected the fire around her. I'm not afraid of you, coward. You'll get no void energy from me. Your purple fire didn't work before. Won't work now. Oh? But it already did. Lanny finally broke out of her rage-filled attempt at revenge from a cry of pain behind her. 
She looked back to see Ronan run through by Rashek's void blade. Brutus finally got his head above water to take a gasp of air, but Garl's claws raked across his neck and he fell back under the water. She immediately realized how the leader had tricked her, goaded her, used her lack of fear against her. She cried out once more, a primal shout of pure anger and pain. In her hand, the tanto shone bright and burst into golden flame. The fire of it pushed back at the violet flames surrounding her. The leadmonger stepped back in surprise. It, it cannot be. No one has been gifted by the sprites in many hundreds of years. I'm not. I'm just angry. Laney thrust the tanto forward and a torrent of yellow fire poured out, engulfing the monger. His screams of shock and pain overwhelmed everything else in the ravine. <laughs> Lenny jumped with all her strength, the wind carrying her across the river. She landed on the monger's chest, her tanto stabbing into the creature to the hilt. His screams stopped. Garl and Rashek stopped. The other two mongers turned in unison and looked at Lanny. Rashek drew his sword from Ronan's gut, who slumped to the ground. Garl stood in the river, a foot on Brutus, keeping him in the water, his brown snout just above the surface. Lanny stood on top of the lead monger, their former leader, not even knowing its name. She didn't care what it was called. She held the burning blade in her hand and her eyes shone with fire. The other two mongers opened their mouths impossibly wide, their jaws reaching down to their chests and let out an otherworldly howl. The black motes that swirled around their presence swarmed out, darkening the area even in the bright morning sunlight. Lainey held out an open hand. She didn't know why, it just seemed like the right thing to do. Almost instantly, Ronan's sword slapped hard into her outstretched palm. Keep trying your tricks. You're all mine. Garl and Rashek charged forward, howling their void-driven cry. The motes filled the air, trying to choke Lainey as the three entered a vicious melee. The fire in Lainey's eyes burned bright, incinerating the motes before they could impact her breathing. With both blades in hand, Lainey was a dervish, deflecting everything the two mongers could throw at her. She spun, slashed, ducked, swirled around the two mongers. Her cool re-lessons with Brutus filled her mind. Every form, every step, every cut took over. She cut small slashes over the bodies of the two creatures, their frustration mounting at their inability to do anything against this small human. Motes continued to flow out of their mouths, the ravine filled with the dark specks. Amidst it all, Lainey glowed with an inner fire that poured out of her eyes and mouth. Her hair changed to burning flames from her head, ensuring the motes could get nowhere near her. Lainey felt the strength of and ferocity of fire, the speed and reflexes of the wind. The two weapons together made her faster and stronger than ever. She focused on nothing but the two deadly enemies in front of her. The three traded blows for long minutes until finally, without the protection of any weapons or armor, Garl fell. Lanny and Rashek stepped over the body as they circled around each other. In the river, Brutus spluttered and coughed as he pushed himself out of the water. <coughs> he saw Lanny, glowing with the unnatural darkness, fighting the mighty monger to a standstill. Brutus reached around in the water for his kanabo, wrapping his hand around the handle and headed into the melee. Lanny and Rashek traded blows, his void blade a match for Lanny's weapons. Lanny cut at Rashek's side with a katana, but the mon monger blocked it with his sword. At the same time, she flicked the tanto at his other side and gave the creature a graze across its shoulder. The monger roared in anger, but the shot was cut short, its mass caved in, crushing its skull. The monger fell face first into the river to reveal Brutus, hefting his kanabo, breathing heavily. With the death of the final monger, Lanny let out the power of fire in all directions. Her form levitated above the water, her arms outstretched, holding the Daisho tight. The flames of life sprang out from her, filling the ravine. The motes in the air were immolated, bringing the light of the sun back to this small part of the world. As the fire spread out, grasses and flowers sprouted from the ground. Trees grew larger. Brutus felt his surface injuries heal from Lanny's flames. Brutus saw Lanny as she changed in front of his eyes. She was no longer the crazy little girl, always getting in trouble. 
The fire that flowed from her eyes and hair made it look like a whole new person. Seeing Brutus calmed her, and the fire died down, her black hint red hair returning to normal. She breathed heavily and blinked the fire out of her eyes as her feet returned to the ground. Lainey blinked again and ran to Brutus, wrapping her arms around him in a huge hug. She then sprinted across the river to Cass. Brutus followed slowly behind, limping. Cass was still unconscious, but breathing fine. Lainey quickly felt over her body for broken bones, but couldn't tell if they were any or not. Deciding she was fine for now, she ran over to Ronan, who also lay partially in the shallow water. He had slowly crawled over to the tooth to prop himself up. I'm so sorry. Lainey whispered to him. She crouched down in the cold water, tears appearing in her eyes when she saw the weeping wound in his abdomen. I I needed your help, Lainey. You let your anger and fear guide you instead of sense. I know. I nerked up. I'm so sorry. No, it, it's fine. <coughs> Ronan coughed blood. Oh, we could have taken Rashek together, but you finished them all anyway. But you're hurt. Lainey moved her hands to his wound, but didn't know what to do. I'm, I'm not only hurt, I'm dying. Can't you heal it like you did Brutus's face? I can heal the physical wounds, but there's more to this. Ronan winced as he conjured fire in his hand and pressed it to his stomach. What do you mean more? Brutus leaned against the tooth and asked, Why are you dying if you can heal it? The void blade the monger could conjure. It had other properties. I've been around a long time. I've seen nearly everything the enemy has up his sleeve. Those mongers are new to me, but I know a void blade when I see one. That blade is a death sentence for anyone cut by it. Ronan coughed blood again. This time Lainey noticed the blood was full of black specks. <coughs> you know how the mongers create those black motes that float about them at all times. Brutus and Lainey nodded. Those blades do the same, but inside whoever they cut, the, the motes multiply and eventually kill the person in their own blood. I could burn the motes away, but that would kill me as well. Even I couldn't withstand temperatures like that. I am a dead man, but I will do what I can before I go. You can't die. You're immortal. Seems time will not kill me. That much is true. But I can be killed, same as any man. I just had a few tricks up my sleeve that kept me alive this long. We will make the climb, then we will talk. We have much to discuss. The first being you, Lanny. I think I know what you are. What I am? Lanny reared back, confused. What do you mean? I'm human. No, you're not. At least, you're not only human. The climb was treacherous, even with the handholds. Ronan healed his wound enough to make the climb, and Cass woke minutes later, dazed, but all right. She had hit her head when she landed, but was otherwise unharmed. She didn't shed any tears when she was told about Ronan, but nodded her head and was stoically silent. The four made their climb with no more thoughts of the mongers. Even if they did go to check on the bodies, all that was left was cloth and armor. Their physical selves had dissolved into millions of the tiny black moats and were swept away by the river. They were well and truly gone. After nearly an hour of climbing, the group made it to the top. Ronan and Cass immediately collapsed from exhaustion. They laid on their backs at the top of the tooth, breathing heavily. Lainey and Brutus were also wiped out, but had enough energy to be curious about this new place. Atop the tooth, swaying in the wind, was a single tree. How it grew here with nothing but rock to lay down its roots, Lainey had no idea, but it was beautiful. 
The bark was stark white, and the canopy was full of bright pink leaves. Some had fallen, but the tree looked hardy. It would not lose most of its leaves until later in the autumn. Fat pink fruit grew from the branches and gleamed in the sunlight. At the base of the trunk was a roofed porch built of wood not of this tree. A comfortable-looking chair sat by the door into the tree. It's not much, but it's home, Ronan said quietly while lying on his back. You're my first visitors. Ever. He laughed slightly until he coughed up blood again. <laughs> Brutus lifted the wanderer, and he still thought of the old man even after all this time, and carried him inside. Then he helped Cass up and let her lean on her as they also entered the abode. Inside was even more magical than out. Stairs, ledges, and walkways crisscrossed back and forth down dozens of meters into the tooth. Lanny could see larger ledges that could be considered rooms with different furniture about. Even at a quick glance, it was obvious that all of it was handcrafted, which made sense to Lanny. There was no way he could transport an entire bed up here, but bringing the pieces over a few trips and building it here would, be, would have been quite possible. Ronan nodded to Brutus, who set his feet down on the smooth stone floor. I don't really have a proper receiving room, but I do have various chairs about we could gather in one place. I also apologize for the lack of beds. I never had a need for more than one. Brutus and Laney set about moving some furniture while Ronan looked for any food that was still edible. Cass tried to help, but had to sit down after attempting to lift a chair that made her head throb and swim. Sounds like you have a concussion. Kids at school would get them at sports sometimes. You'll be sensitive to light and sound for a while, but you should get better soon. Cass nodded and sat in the cushioned chair, annoyed she couldn't help more. Soon the four sat in a circle, eating a simple meal of salted meat and hard biscuits. I know it's not much, but it's food. The others ate with gusto. Brutus found greens growing near the tree outside that were sweet and crisp to go with his biscuits, and pink fruits that turned out to be tangy. So what now? I will tell you what I know, and then it's up to you three. I will die soon. I don't know exactly when, but before I let these void moats take me, I will impart my knowledge and powers to you all. All powers? Yes. Like I said after the ruins, I believe I can give you the gifts the sprites beget me. I did not think it was possible because I assumed it would kill me, but that's not an issue now. No. I will not be a part of your death like that. I'm a protector and guardian of life. I appreciate that, Brutus, but it is no longer your decision. I will die either way. I refuse to die in a way that is against my will. Even in his final moments, this guy is awesome. Over the next few days, Ronan told them everything he could think of to help them. Cass knew a lot already, having lived in the wilds her entire life, but Brutus and Lainey learned much of their world. They learned of the tragic origin of the Marauders on the first day was one of the final ideas of the armies against Scorn. Elves used magic-fusing gifts from all the sprites to create suits of magical armor that enhanced the toughness, strength, and speed of the warriors. These suits of armor worked well for a time and won us many battles, but it was soon revealed that in their creation was a duplicitous agent of Grey Melkin. He had cursed the armor from the beginning. The magic worked off the blood of those wearing it. After only a few battles, those inside the armor lost their minds to bloodlust. The armor had used all the blood of the wearer, and so more was needed from other sources. These things are ageless carrion eaters that care nothing but the blood, that care for nothing but the blood of living things to keep their magics working. Wow, I didn't know all that about them. That's awful. It is. I knew many of those soldiers back then. Every marauder I destroy is like killing an old friend. 
Not like Hamish, but still tears in my heart. What about that leader you swept away, Madagalawega? Yes, she was a general of the elves, a great warrior called Melatelania. Her fall into that depraved thing you fought is a sad story, and one I do not care to tell before my time is up. Ronan grunted and instructed Brutus to get something from another area of his home, a book. Brutus came back with it quickly and handed it to the ancient warrior. Yes, thank you. It's just what I was thinking of. He opened the leather and turned to a few thin pages of parchment. What is it? It's the story of my life, or part of it at least. I recorded much of the old times. I apologize there are large gaps, but it's too late to worry about that now. Hope one of you can fill the last entry. Ronan opened the book to blank pages at the end. You can let the world know of my last adventure. Please use it to educate yourselves. Learn all you can, for knowledge can be a bulwark against fear, against Grey Melkin. Ronan coughed and blood speckled his beard, black flakes darkening it almost to black. <laughs> Inevitably, after three days, Ronan's skin faded to a light gray, nearly transparent, his eyes bloodshot. Movement was painful, so he stayed in his bed, still talking as much as he could. Each of the other three had spent time with Ronan alone during this last day. They asked him for wisdom and guidance. Laney asked for something different from the other two. If I'm half human, what's the other half? <sighs> I have no way to prove my idea. But you showed some powerful evidence against Hamish, and again when you finished the mongers. The sword? That was the first sign. You were able to awaken the sword without a direct gift of the sprites. But then there was more. Your eyes, your hair, you conjured fire. A conflagration. I believe you are half salamander. Lainey had been leaning forward, but what Ronan said made her sit back against the chair. She didn't talk for long minutes. It was the last effort of the sprites against Grey Melkin. Some sprites thought it would make stronger individuals in the war. Half human, half sprite. These beings were the most powerful in the world. Sprites were right. The beings were nearly as powerful as I was. But it was simply too little, too late. The war was too far gone for us at that point. But you, you, Lanny, are a descendant of these people. That's why you're so strong, so tough. I've heard about the things you did in Gaul. Falling stories and landing fine. That's why you're able to awaken the sword. I was blessed by the sylphs and salamanders hundreds of years, even before my time. Part salamander? Lainey stared past Ronan, confused. So my parents are too? At least one, yes. As you know now, it's not a lineage that is obvious under normal circumstances. But you do not lead a life of normal circumstances, though. Lainey smiled a bit at that. No, I guess I don't. She paused for a moment and the two enjoyed a comfortable silence. So what does all this mean? Only what you make of it. Doesn't mean you're destined to save the world or anything, but you certainly are special. Like I said, I have no way to prove it, but I feel very strongly that this is the case. Thank you. Again, Ronan. Lainey took one of his gnarled hands and looked him in the eyes. I don't know how I could possibly thank you enough for everything you've done and taught me since I met you. A tear rolled down Lainey's cheek as she thought about losing this amazing man. A twin tear fell from Ronan's face as he thought about missing out on what this person would accomplish in her life. <coughs> You've ordered enough. Please get the others. My time is almost up. 
Lanny ran. I only have one thing to ask of all of you. Ronan said to the three gathered around his deathbed. Spread the story of the sprites. I realize now it's what I should have been doing all along. All the fighting, all the death I caused was for naught. I should have been teaching people the sprites. Keep people from forgetting. Making their power stronger again. Please let others know what you have learned here. Otherwise the knowledge of the sprites dies with me. Of course. Agreed. Oh, definitely. Thank you. Then my work is done. Except one last thing. Ronan held up his hands. His skin was ash gray and thin. His hands shook slightly as Lanny and Cass took one. Brutus the other. Close your eyes and feel. I can feel the elements of the sprites calling out for you all. Lanny, the fire in me reaches out to you, of course. Senses your passion, your aggression, your anger. Cass... The water of the nymphs sees a kindred spirit in you. Your ability to go where the world takes you. To recover and think quickly. And Brutus, the earth of the gnomes is flowing to you. Senses your stoic nature and your stubbornness and your physicality. Lenny felt the warmth as the energy flowed from Ronan to her. The power of the wind and air will return to the world. To find a home within one worthy. Watch behind you when I go. I believe the self-energy will leave me quickly. Lenny felt her hand warm and then grow hot. It almost grew hotter than she could stand. She saw Cass's face next to her. She was staring at her and there was strange reflection in her eyes. Lenny felt her head with her other hand and realized her hair had turned to fire. Cass's hair flowed like it was underwater. Brutus' fur changed to the same light brown as the rock that made up the tooth. Practice with your gifts. They will be strange at first, dangerous even. When you feel ready... Travels of the coast northwest of here. Take a ship from the city of Heron. There's a settlement of Garak across the sea. Tell them what happened to me. They will treat you as a friend. Lenny felt the heat fade from her hand, but she was filled with a new power unlike anything she had ever experienced. Taya. Perenz. Hamish. Gideon. It is time I finally return to you. Goodbye, new friends. May the sprites watch over you. He's gone. From his mouth and nose, Laney heard a soft whistling sound. Wind blew from inside him and filled the tooth with a roaring tornado. The wind whipped the hair of the other three around but did not push them towards any ledges. When the blowing wind stopped, they saw Ronan was even older than he had looked before. His body was almost nothing but bone wrapped in paper-thin translucent skin. His hair fell away from him, and what was left was patchy and wispy. Brutus picked up the body. Lainey noticed only one of Brutus's eyes cried silent tears. The three walked out of the home, into the whipping wind atop the tooth. Should we bury him here? Cass asked quietly. She was holding her hands in front of her, wringing them nervously. I don't see why not. This was his home longer than any other place. I will try, Brutus said, and set Ronan's body down in his, in his comfortable porch chair. The Minotaur found the largest area of bare rock and drew out a roughly oval shape in the dirt with a thick finger. He concentrated, closing his eyes. He imagined what he wanted to happen as Ronan had told him to do in the days before he died. Brutus moved his arms in a shape that roughly imitated the oval, then stomped his hoof onto the rock. The section of earth in front of him condensed down three feet into the tooth. He was sweating and breathing hard. 
<sighs> he made that look so easy. This is going to take a lot of practice. The three laid Ronan's body in his grave and covered him with leaves from the tree his home was built into. Then he found some items in the house she placed around his head. One was a small teacup with beautiful flowers painted on it. Another was a leather-bound book tied shut. She didn't attempt to open it as it looked like the pages would crumble to dust in the breeze out here. Ronan had told her it was the original copy of A Book of Creatures. Ronan had copied it over a few times during his long life. Lainey had the newest version in her bag. She had read half of it already. Finally, she held out the Daisho she had been carrying since the Monger attack. She looked at the two weapons in their sheaths and debated leaving them with Ronan. They're yours now, Cass said, putting a hand on Lainey's shoulder. He told me to make sure you take them with you. He also has some armor you can wear. It won't all fit you, but anything would be better than what you're wearing now. Lanny smiled slightly and hugged Cass. The two embraced for a long moment. Brutus walked to the edge of the tooth and looked out. I'm so glad I found you, Lanny said, leaning back but keeping her arms around Cass. I know, me too. This has been the hardest time of my life, but you've made it easier. They held each other in a tight embrace, felt each other's heartbeats. They could feel the new power in each other, how they were akin to each other could feel the blessings of the sprites in them almost battling against each other, the water in Cass, the fire in Lanny. If you're quite finished, we have some planning to do, Brutus said after letting the two have their moment. Oh yeah, I guess so. First up, how do we get down? That's it. That's the story. That's... That's all for now, it said. It was very clear. For now, yeah, the end for now. All right, listeners can't see that. Yeah, I ended. Instead of just the end or to be continued, I said the end for now. Oh, I thought there were just four different nows. <laughs> like alternate realities or something. <laughs> no, not in this story. At oh. least not yet. Oh. Maybe in the future. Maybe we'll get at least two nows in the next one. <laughs> so, yeah, Tim... You finally had a prediction come true. Yeah. Ronan didn't make it. No. He. Died? Is that the word you're looking for? (laughs) No, I was looking for a pun like Ronan. He sure didn't. (laughs) Wow, that was rough. Yeah. (laughs) So even though you predicted it, what would you think of his ending i think void swords are super cool yeah that it uh you know just fills you with those those little black spider motes from um spirited away in the basement i saw oh yeah 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 spider motes i saw that one time that was a good movie it was um yeah that was super red uh all the mongers are super cool um they'll probably be back probably because they, they returned to the destroyed. void and no no they just went back to the void yeah. so that they can come back later they could they could we, they found out they were basically like the moat they like the moat were them essentially right and now they're in Ronin so Ronin's now a monger <laughs> yeah that sounds awful yeah oh my god. could you imagine, imagine undead Ronan oh my god he doesn't have any of the powers of the sprites though would he really be a threat Ronanger <laughs> aye 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 <laughs> <laughs> It's, uh, I find it interesting, at least uh, as I drafted different ideas of of the whole story, constantly with somebody different dying at the end. Originally, yeah. it was Cass, but I wanted them to have more of a story together Yeah. than have her die so early on. And then it was Brutus to have it be like her, you know, 
their longest friend. Uh, but then after Ronan was added as a character, after a couple different iterations of it, that just seemed like it worked the best. So was there initially a different character in place of Ronan to kind of be the person they find along the way? Really early on, there wasn't another character like that. And then I felt like something was needed to continue things because I never intended them to go to the other city. Like mm-hmm. I, the whole time, the, the idea was that something was going to waylay them to, to set them on a different path. Yeah. Um, and it would be something with the sprites. And then I was like, I had these original stories of Ronin and his crew. And I kind of, I wanted to find a way to, to incorporate him. So I was like, then I decided on the whole, like he has all the, he's the only one left with the powers of the sprites. And that kind of changed the whole history of what led up to this. So having him in there really informed a lot of the story. I have a super important question. Oh no. Um, (laughs) Like electricity and lightning stuff, does that come from the sylphs? Yes. Okay. Yeah. I've debated about that because like in Avatar The Last Airbender, it's firebenders that can shoot lightning. But I've always felt like that was more of an an air thing. It really, you could even argue that it could be a power of the nymphs because it comes from clouds, basically. Does it though? Sort of. Doesn't it come from the ground? Well, it's electrical. It's a buildup of charges in the air. I haven't totally decided. No one's used lightning yet, so that's going to be one of those that, yeah, like, maybe. Go. Yeah, it's not like a drain spell that's completely useless, but since it's been used, you can't undo it, you know? <laughs> <laughs> oh, no. At least you learned that early on, I guess. <laughs> Instead of waiting for a pivotal moment to use it, like yeah. in a monger fight. <laughs> but yeah, I. I I debated a bunch of times about breaking up that chapter, but I felt like it works to to be the big climactic fight fight, and then also all the resolution in the same chapter. Yeah, I agree. I like it as one. Because I thought about changing it, like breaking up chapters, like after the fight's over, having that from then on being another chapter. Right. But I felt, I don't know. I like it being one chapter in this. So it's long, but I think it makes more sense. Again, I like the the title of the chapter being Return. Yeah. Because like the mongers have returned, but then. Do you know who got the air powers though? Obviously it was Bren, but like. (laughs) No, Religlio. He flies. (laughs) Ah. How was it Jork that got the air powers? (laughs) While in the void. (laughs) And then he's resurrected. Jork 2.0. No, but seriously, do you already have specifically the character set or who gets it or is that am i is that even up in the air (laughs) (laughs) based on what i've written of book two i uh hasn't come up oh okay which i've written are you just blowing hot air half maybe okay (laughs) is that idea downwind (laughs) why are you getting in the pun game too yeah but yeah cash cow baby What? <laughs> so we've talked a couple of times about how you, Danny, have you read this before as a beta reader? Yes. What were your What are your thoughts of the ending here? Ugh, I don't like you, and <laughs> it makes me sad. But I feel like it was necessary and it was worth it. And like, literally speaking, 
not literally, but literarily, <laughs> literary speaking. How, what is beastology? Beastology. <laughs> as far as literature goes, like it makes sense that he is the mentor. Like this is classic hero's journey. Yeah. Uh, I, which I don't think is bad. I know that you like to shake things up and make things different, but if any broke, don't fix it. It makes sense. The mentor passes this knowledge on. They got what they needed from him and they wouldn't be able to grow more if he stayed and like coddled them in a way. Yeah. You got to kill him here at the start of the next book. Right. It's one exactly. of the two. Like, right. Dude's got to die at some point. Yeah. Well, it was one of those that I, I really debated about that because it's like, it's, it seems too obvious. Like it's the, you know, he's Obi-Wan. He has to go down mm-hmm. in a way, but I didn't want to do that. But like, like you said, Jen, I think you mean, so I really debated with the, to have it not be him. But then I felt like it was kind of like any, combat situation would be on easy mode for them and there wouldn't be any real danger. Like if they can survive the monger is fine. Anything else coming along would probably not be yeah. too difficult. I guess you could have done like, and I mean, and this would have been a long drawn out slower death, which you wouldn't have wanted, but they get a little bit of the powers at the end of the first book. Ronan gets weaker and then he continues to get weaker as they get stronger and right. just Yoda's out of there. But yep. yeah, that yeah. would just be, I like the way that you did it, though, where like he gets mortally wounded, but he doesn't die right away. So he's around long enough to like help like tutor them a little bit like he can't actually show them how to use their powers. But like Brutus said, when he like dug the grave, like this is what he said I would need to do. Well, and it takes it away from the less obvious of like, oh, he dies in combat. Oh, and here's a book. That's his diary from all of time. Yeah, it's yeah. So that was the way to do it. I feel Cass can't read. So whatever. (laughs) Right. (laughs) She just like everybody in Gapapa. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, I. I totally, I kind of uh, shamelessly stole that I, the idea of like the, it filled you with the moats by twist it, change it a little bit to be, you know, the monger moats. Mm. Basically, they've been having that the whole time. But mm-hmm. in um, one of the Go Trek and Felix books from Warhammer, um, Krell is this undead white and he has the black axe of Krell. And if he, if you get cut with it, a piece of the blade will break off in you. Oh, and it slowly moves its way to your heart until you die. A lot. Mm. Kind of like Iron Man. Yeah. So I, I that inspired the Void Blade thing here. Dang. But you got pretty cool rules for it in the RPG. You can have a Void Blade and I thought you were going to kill say somebody. You drew that inspiration from Hepatitis. Nope. Okay. Which one? Time. There are four Hepatitises now. I thought there were only. What's the there fourth were two. one? Well, you got to find oh, no, out three. in Lonnie, the girl without fear <laughs> book two. <laughs> Return of hepatitis. <laughs> hepatitis Q. Hepatitis, hepatite U. <laughs> so I want to talk a little bit about Lainey's not physical journey from one place to another, but her journey as a character. Mm-hmm. What you guys think of her throughout? I don't like her. <laughs> Sorry. I knew you were going to say something like that, though. (laughs) Um, I don't know. Give me time. You go first. You got this. I was going to say I relate a lot to her. (laughs) I feel like we're very similar. Not only is Um, her name based off of you. (laughs) I think as a character, I think that you did a really good job of keeping her flaws and you didn't try to make her 
like too perfect. Like she's messed up. Like she is the reason why Ronan got killed. Like it's her fault. I mean, that was the plan from the beginning that as the, the girl without fear that was like going to, that, that was also like, it's a, it's obviously a strength in this world, but it was also going to be a huge weakness. Right. And I, I had planned from the beginning that it was going to cause somebody's death directly. Mm-hmm. And in this case, it was almost more her hot headedness. Yes. Over la- it was also her lack of like, fear. Cause she went after that guy on her own, but the lack of fear, the anger, the pride, like mm-hmm. all of it. Girl needs therapy. Um, I mean, true. Definitely. Her parents should have signed her up for some of that (laughs) ASAP. Um, Never split the party though. Right. Exactly. She totally did. And that's the frustrating part where it's like, Oh, come on, Lanny. Like, you know better. This is, but does she know better? How, how would she know better? If she had been able to think rationally, she would have realized that yet, yeah, like, yes, Ronan is right. She should have stayed and fought with right. him, but obviously she wasn't thinking like that at the time. She, she was, was freaking out. Yeah. Um, so it's hard. Like if I distance myself, it's like, okay, I understand as a person, but girl, you just got that guy killed because you're throwing a freaking temper tantrum because your girlfriend got hurt, yeah. you know? So I felt like this was like a tightrope. I walked with this part where I wanted her to be a flawed character Yes, because the people are boring otherwise. Yes. Like I want her to have different aspects to her, but I want her to be likable at the same time. I don't want to say like, did I pull that off? But do you... Does she have redeeming qualities at the same time? Does she have redeeming features? Was that the question? Yeah. Cause I can, I totally understand she can be a hard character to, to like, to get behind because she is, she has a lot of flaws. So like, Oh, she's it, super. Yeah. She's certainly redeemable. I was going to say are, that those are super honorable, um, traits to have and are rooted in selflessness, but in practicality or not. So you have this nice duality of um, in her mind, what she is doing is in fact for others, even though it can sometimes uh, have severely negative impacts on them. Mm-hmm. Um, so it's certainly a redeemable quality. Okay. I was going to say, even if she's not, like super likable at this point. I feel like you could make the argument that she is a work in progress and there is that potential. Well, and she's a hothead. People love hotheads. People mm-hmm. like, I'm not a huge fan of Wolverine, but he's a hugely popular character. You know, people, people like that. Well, well, heck it. I'm just going to go do it myself. Yeah. Like, <laughs> yeah. And leave everybody else behind to, you know, get drowned and stabbed and. Well, yeah. Cussed, she whatever. has a badass too. You'll have that on the big jobs. She's had some pretty awesome moments. And I mean, like combat wise, she's really skilled. She's very talented. I think that that's really impressive, especially for being like, I like that you picked a female lead of smaller stature as well to show that like, she doesn't have to be built like the Hulk to, you know, have any kind of like heroic impact. All right. But yeah, I mean, she's not just a girl. She's a half Right, she's half girl. So a regular, a regular girl couldn't have done it. Which, like, I think is what the author is trying to. (laughs) Right. No. (laughs) And like making her half of like a gecko lizard is just bizarre. (laughs) Yeah. So, what do you guys think of her being half salamander? 
I don't think I know enough about the salamanders in this particular universe to make a educated guess. So I guess I shouldn't say half part. Yeah. Salamander. She yeah. is she is of a lineage that started with a half salamander. Right. And that like the sprites, you know, being like fragments of a god of gods, they can change shape and whatnot, kind of thing. I don't think it's ever explicitly stated, but like they don't have to look like what we think of as a salamander or a newt. Where's Lanny's aunt? The one that she's named after? And the other city, drawn. Is she is the um, salamanderhood on her father's or her mother's side? I don't know. It's probably her mother's side. Yeah. That would be my guess. If I got to put money on it right now. The aunt was her dad's sister. Oh. Because she was writing to her dad. Gotcha. N- mm. So okay. do you think it's her dad's side? Nah. Well. <laughs> Plot twist. Her dad's not a real dad. Her dad's a salamander. <laughs> This whole time. I He's the only one whole left. Time. Um, Lanny, the girl without fear, part three, therapy. <laughs> she needs it. But really go to therapy, guys. Unless you're Pretty much everybody needs it. Toughen it out. Yeah. Wait, well, yeah, that's true. Obviously, obviously, we're not talking to the men listening. Correct. They can't have therapy anyway. Nope. Not allowed. Uh, I don't so think what, they make those. <laughs> What do we think of Brutus overall as a character? I mean, solid as a rock. <laughs> uh, he's no, he's he's an incredibly dependable character and person. He's essential to I feel like fantasy stories. That 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 particular character type. He's almost like the C3PO to Lanny's Luke Skywalker. I was going to say he's the Sam <laughs> To Lanny's Frodo. Yes. Oh, I like that way better. Yeah. You know how I feel about Frodo. Nobody likes Frodo. <laughs> Just give Sam the ring. Just <laughs> right. Do you want to do this or do you want to? I can't right, carry it around. for you, but I can carry you. Give me a break. If you'd it. given it to Sam, he would have had it done in a week. Yeah. Well, that's why. That's that's why Sam's the best. Right. Yeah, I know. So Brutus is. I Sam. seriously considered pushing for Felix to be named Samwise. But I knew that would never, you would I never would go have, with but it. But you named him after PewDiePie instead. No, stop that. <laughs> I had no, his name is Felix, apparently. Yeah. I had no idea. I don't even know who PewDiePie is. He's named after Felix of Gold Trek and named Felix. He's kid after Danny Rude. He's named after the cat because I can't have a cat because you're allergic. And no cats in the house. Even though men can't be allergic. No, that's not true at all. No, men true. can be allergic. God yeah. They're allergic to weakness. <laughs> <laughs> And feelings. Uh, yeah, I love Brutus. We no. talked a couple yeah. episodes ago. Minotaurs are like my favorite monster. That's why he's a Minotaur. I wanted her. I wanted him to be like the opposite of Lanny in like every way. He's this huge, well, yeah. monstrous-looking yeah. thing, super strong, heart of gold, heart of gold. He is, you know, super selfless and yeah. altruistic. Like everything, she's not. He is, and I think doesn't always mean that people will get along but in this case it works perfectly for them that's why they're like best friends not just he's her bodyguard and he just balances her out and like if anyone can talk her down from something it's brutus yeah yeah for sure like he can make her see sense yeah and the part a big part of that is because he's been around her entire life since before she could remember yeah he was hired when she was born to keep her safe because her parents are too afraid of everything and He's still there. He's the best. 
He's like her actual parent. Oh, 100%. Yeah. Mm. Yeah. He raised her, not not her parents. Oh, yeah. that's so cute. She's like his little calf. Anyone can be a father, but it takes a real Brutus to be a daddy. <laughs> He's not Mary Poppins, though. Ah. <laughs> what do you think of Cass? I, I like love Cass. Cass. I really like Cass. I like how much quicker you guys said that than yeah, when we're talking about Lanny. She's my favorite. Easy, <laughs> yeah. easy pick. Yep. What, why do we? Why do we like Cass so much? Because uh, she's not the rogue, but she's the closest to a rogue we have now in the party. Fair. I was pictured more like a, she's a ranger. Yeah. Being that she's lived out in the wild, she knows how to hunt. She knows how to set up camp. All that. Same role in the party. Yeah. I just like that she's very self sufficient. She's wise about the world like she and, feet. yeah feet and she and lanny have a lot of similar characteristics like that like the quick thinking and like that but they have totally different like wheelhouses as far as expertise where like if you want to survive out in the wild Cass mm. is your girl if you want to jump from windows and read go with lanny <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> so but, Cass can hold her own in a fight but i think Lanny's better. She's been yes. trained longer. And like trained, not like classically, but like Brutus, like it, legit trained her. In a way, class, you know, saying she's been trained classically in a way as well, because she, like she's book smart. Mm -hmm. Like she didn't like school, but she, you know, behind the curtain, she did very well. She's yeah. very smart. She just doesn't always think through everything because she's so impetuous. Doesn't always apply herself. And that's why we need a parent teacher conference. <laughs> <laughs> one thing I was, I don't know if I would say nervous about one thing I've always been concerned throughout the story is that are Cass and Lanny different enough in not just the way they act, but the way they talk and the way they do things. I So very specifically for, for me, someone that has regularly had to, constantly define the line like in D and D between intelligence checks and wisdom checks. Um, I, I do think that they are very different enough um, because Lanny is very much intelligence and, high and Lanny is wisdom. Lanny's got high intelligence, low wisdom. Mm -hmm. Cass has high intel, high wisdom, not low intelligence, but yeah. kind of like average, but yeah. they like, you know, even out. Yeah. And I think just like how Lanny and Brutus, work well together because of their like matched up strengths and weaknesses. The same goes for Lanny and Cass. Like Cass really fits into that triad very well. Right. She That's brings something good to the party. What I was hoping to do with the whole, the whole party thing. Um, obviously Ronan's part of that as well, but not, not going forward, but he was for a while, but the three of them are supposed to be like the core, you know, they're the Luke, Leia and Han of the story. Lanny is the, Triforce of Courage and Cass is the Triforce of Wisdom and Brutus is the Triforce of Strength or Power. Yeah. Yeah. Perfect. Perfectly splendid. Oh God. Terrifying. What do we think of Ronan the Wanderer? I don't like old dudes. <laughs> Just not into him. Well, that's I, ageist. What'd you really think of Ronan? I love Ronan and I... <sighs> I remember when I first read this, I was very upset at you. Yeah, you, I'm, I feel like you came into the room I where I, and you were like, I hate you. And I was like, what? I did. And I like shook the manuscript at him. Like I was so angry at you. And I was so happy because like I always said, if I get an emotional response, yep. I did something right. Yep. 
um, you know, I think that, you know, you wrote him in a way that really highlights that he is old beyond measure, mm -hmm. but make it like something that you can really wrap your head around. Like he's been around for thousands of years. We can't possibly comprehend that, but you make it so that we at least get some kind of understanding of it. I don't hate him. And that might sound negative, but that's a huge compliment. Well, you just said how much you dislike the old dudes and things like that. Yeah, so just the, the future's now old man. It's time to die. <laughs> like I was not happy or pleased in any way, shape or form that he bit it. And uh, normally I would be. Oh, cool. Yeah. But it does sound like high praise. It, it was certainly intended as such. I don't know if it came out that way. <laughs> But the Qui-Gon Jinn in the prequels or the um, Obi-Wan Obi Kenobi. You haven't even the, seen the Phantom Menace, you said. I haven't seen all the prequels. I've seen the Phantom Menace. Maybe that is what you said. Yeah. Uh, but no, I just, you know what I mean? Just always telling everyone how things are and how they used to be and just get over yourself. <laughs> Once again, I just can only think of Dewey sitting on that... Um, like roof from Malcolm in the middle being like the future's now old man. Like, <laughs> I loved that show. Yeah, me too. So good. I Ronan was interesting for me to include. Cause like I said, I had a good portion of like a different novel written that was, he was the, the main character. It was about him and how he became who he is now. That's become kind of history for this story. But obviously, I like the character a lot. I love samurai stuff. So he's essentially like, I mean, his name is Ronan, not because he's like a Ronan. He's actually named after a guy I met in Ireland. Where we did a, a thing together out there. Um, it was like. A, we did a thing together. Danny wasn't there. I wasn't there. True. This was pre me. It was like a, it was a big conference, like a not conference. Well, wouldn't they? What would you call the event? Convention? Yeah, that's the word. A big convention. And afterwards, we did like street cleaning and whatnot. And the leader of my group was a dude named Ronan. And he was super cool. And like, I don't know, he just seemed, he was just awesome dude. And what? Did he have a flaming sword? No, I don't think so. It was a bick. Did he wear sandals? <laughs> I don't, I don't remember that much. Did it was like 20 years ago. <laughs> but during the, the, the event where we were like cleaning up the streets and whatnot, we were cleaning this like apartment complex and he was telling us this, what had happened. Like he came, we were like cleaning out like a, um, a courtyard area and he had taken a couple of guys to talk to people inside to let them know what we were doing and everything. And he came back to us and he was like, all right, we need to move on. Like now we got to go. We were like, what? And he said, um, <laughs> like literally he almost died. We're what? talking where Northern Ireland, Northern Ireland was kind of a time of relative unrest. Mm. There was a lot of like domestic terrorism going on and things like this. So right people, around right around where we were, like we literally saw like a, a SWAT equivalent van driving around, like basically telling people to stay indoors and whatnot. It was a little freaky. There were very specific um, clothing rules. Yes. Things you could and could not wear jewelry. You could and could not wear and, yeah, so it was pretty serious stuff. So Ronan told us he knocked on this guy's door. Just kind of waited a minute. He heard like a weird noise and the guy opens the door and he's holding like a hatchet in his hand. 
And he was like mad, like, what do you want? And he, the Ronan explained to what it was. And he was like, you're lucky. I thought for a second because everything that was going on, he was like, I almost just threw the hatchet through the door. And like, holy crap, could have killed like through like the glass window that was yeah. covered a little with like a, a fabric or whatever. And it was like, you know, could have killed him. Yep. So he was like, we're leaving now. And like we hit it off so well. I was like, someday I'm going to write a book and I'm going to name a character after you. So Aww. that's Ronan. That's Should have so had him sweet. die from a void hatchet. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I love that. Um, like they get out of that fight. Okay. And then like later on, he's just like. Yeah. Going door to door selling Avon or something. Oh <laughs> some, some guy's like, ah, ah. shadow hatchet. <laughs> <laughs> so unfortunately, I don't know the, the real Ronan. I don't know his last name or anything. So there's no way I can be like, hey, I did write the book and I named right. the character after you. And he's pretty cool. I believe it was to Wanderer. <laughs> Ronan to Wanderer. Yeah. Uh, but yes, obviously Ronan is like special to me that I kind of forced him into the book. But I feel like he became a part that really opened it up to revealing more. He was also a way to, he was like, I don't want to say walking exposition, but he kind of was. I just, I hope it didn't come across that way. I don't think so. I I do think though, the way that you did this. So your original intention was to write the story of Ronan and like everything that had happened, but you use him as like world building here. So that kind of goes to like Tim's point of like the future is now like while it's important to know about the past and stuff like that, like Ronan played a really important role in this book. Um, and I think that this was a better story for you to tell than Ronan's like origin story. I completely agree. I know that that's Same. something that you probably still want to write and still want to work on. Um, but I just think that this was a more fitting tale for you right now. Agreed. I think a Ronin like origin story or, or like upbringing or, or whatever is stronger with this as an initial mm-hmm. entrance into yep. the world. I agree. I feel like that because Ronin's story is like, is much more classic high fantasy, epic fantasy. Yeah. yeah. Where it's like, you know, it's this, the void war is, is in, in full swing and he's a big part of that. Um, he's a general, he's like a captain for a while. Then he goes on this little mission to basically round up more allies to fight against the, the, the waves of orcs and goblins coming from the West, the East. And, and then it gets to the point where like he fights against Scorn, the goblin King and all that. We saw little snippets of that in the flashbacks. And then we, he talks about this great failing he had. And, and something that happened. So I do want to tell the rest of that story at some point now that we know more about him. I don't think it's like, well, it's like, how did he get to where he is now? There's still a lot missing, obviously. Who were these other people? We know a little bit more about Amish. Um, we saw a little bit of Taya. We didn't see much of Gideon or Ferenz, the primals of his crew. Yeah. Um, and I love all those characters too. Ferenz is heavily based off of our dog. <laughs> He just doesn't let people's elbows ever be dry. Yeah. He's a, a red furred lupine okay. who has shape shifting powers. So he can change into like a full wolf or a, a lupine that's like part way, or he can change into like a person with red hair or, really cool. or he can change to like, um, he can just change like his physical attributes where like he can have really big hands with huge claws kind of thing. Could he have really small claws with huge hands? Sure. Oh, that's so sweet. And it's like a super rare thing that can happen to some 
some primals. It just he just happened mm-hmm. to have that trait, and uh, he's like a, a runt. Uh, I like friends a lot. Cool. All right. So, what's your question? Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. I totally forgot about that. So my uh, obviously Quentin Choir. <laughs> my first. Just you know, pizza rolls. <laughs> no. <laughs> like you saw in the receipt that I wrote it on. The original question was, "Who's your favorite character?" Um, like I said, I thought that was too quick and easy. Um, you we can, haven't we can met still, us. We can yeah. still talk about that. Who do you? Uh, so, who do you think our favorite characters are? Well, after what we said now, I feel like your favorite Tim's favorite character is probably Cass. Nope. Oh, Bren. Oh, it's what am Bren. I saying? It's one hundred percent Bren. I was still thinking the main character. Obviously, it's of Bren. A city, Bren. Of course, you love Took Bren. Took the world on his shoulders, Bren. Took the sins of all of his friends and family, <laughs> his neighbors, his loved ones upon himself, Bren. Yeah. He just had to sacrifice people to a giant insect primal. Eh. You know, Do sometimes you that happens. And like he just—he was gonna sacrifice a human. Like, yeah, yeah. They don't—they don't care about humans. He was like, "Oh, great! I don't have yeah. to sacrifice someone from our community. I can sacrifice a stupid human." Did I talk about how in the early drafts of this, the primal village was gonna be all carnivores, and they like let them into the town because they were gonna eat the humans? And that's the vibe I got. Like for real. You did tell me that we worked through that a little. I I just remember if I said it on the podcast or not. Yeah, me and you bounced that idea around and we decided to scrap it because it just it was too much like horror, too much bad stuff all the time. Mm -hmm. They needed some kind of break there. Yeah. Um, that like set wasn't a bad place overall. It just had some questionable individuals. Questionable at worst. Yes. (laughs) And really, who the villain and all that? Really, Leo. Was it really? Holding, it was just acting within its nature, holding the town hostage. Uh, all right, <laughs> maybe <laughs> for Danny. I think I, w- I think I'm going to go with Cass again, based yeah, on I what like you said Cass before. Lot, yeah. Plus, I know you loved voicing Cass. Yeah, that was really fun. And funny all my accent. students picked on me and were like, why are you talking so funny? I'm like, what? I don't know. <laughs> I don't know what you mean. Oh. So my real question this time is, what was Quentin Quire's? <laughs> Quentin Quire's Tostino's pizza rolls? Oh, combination, obviously. <laughs> when Quentin Quire eats pizza rolls, Tostino's pizza rolls, not a sponsor. Not is what was your favorite like event in the story? Mm. Mm. Be all the way back to when Lanny cut somebody or jumped off the oh, building in the beginning. <laughs> It was my favorite landing part. I did appreciate how, uh, not so much an event, but um, the, I used the word abode again about yes. Ronan's oh house. Oh my gosh, I was like, And uh? Danny gave Tim a look like, oh. I was in the zone now. It's an abode. It's an abode. I think my favorite part was probably when they get out of the city and Lanny has to get all dressed up. And like gross looking. <laughs> fake That's ogre. way yeah. up there for me too. You know? It's like super like stormtroopery. Like, no, this is the goblin. It's cool. Like, yep. all right, let me just punch you quick. Like, <laughs> <laughs> and she's like, arr, arr. she sold it too much. Yeah. Um, yeah. I liked that a lot. I, I do like the, the one, two punch a lot of the, um, the Marauder attack followed by the monger attack. Oh, yeah. Mm. Um, Brutal. Just thinking like, 
I'm watching, you know, movie version in the theater or whatever. And the big fight just ends. Obviously, they're going to have some character development and stuff. Dasta's just walking up to these dudes being like, hey, we don't want no trouble here and just biting it. Uh Like, that was... Yeah, I liked that. That was good. I like it because I think it's... It's a knife twist, you know? Yeah, I think it takes people by surprise because you think it's over and then something even worse shows up. Yep. And that's what I was going for with that part. I wanted the Marauders in there for some world building. I love the idea of these these robots that drink blood, Mm -hmm. um, which I thought was just weird. It's super cool that like when Ronan explains it, it's so freaking cool. Yeah. That like... They were built, they were developed to help with this thing. And then like, they just required the blood of their host. No big deal. And then it's like, oh, wait, that's gray milk and it work. Right. Nobody knew they required the blood of their host right. until they got in the armor. And then people were like dying in it and then becoming this basically like an undead robot. Yeah. <laughs> I love them. I love them so much. I also, one, one of my other favorite, <laughs> favorite parts is, uh, <laughs> When Brutus overdoes it and sleeps in and um, or doesn't wake up for his watch and the Renrex attack. Yeah, he like over. Overtaxes himself to make up for it. I, yeah. ju- I just love that uh, it is very clear in this book. And this is something that I really enjoy is that the virtues that each one of these characters um, is kind of given uh, has major repercussions um, throughout the story, obviously Ronan dies from, um, Lanny, um, a bunch of people die from, uh, Brutus sleeping in Cass MVP doesn't really get anyone debtors. That's pretty true. She has like the cleanest slate there. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) I think mine would be the, the final climactic battle against the mongers. And when Lanny, her powers finally like, come out the fact that she doesn't need to be directly gifted by the sprites because she is part sprite and seeing just the image to me of her like floating above the water with her hair on fire and fire just coming out of her and like holding the blades that are also on fire and it's just it's very um phoenix from the x-men to me totally i had that image literally the image in my head too which is kind of what i was going for there that that just her surrounded by fire and it's just like this like holy crap what is happening to her like mad it's what i hope people think when they when they heat you know read or, or hear it is just like what is going on? Yeah. Like, how can she do this kind of thing? And, and she's just so awesome to me in that moment. And that's like, to me, that's like pinnacle Lanny. She's yeah. just awesome. And it's one of those things where, like I said, I relate to her on so many levels because I know she's not so loosely based on me. And like, I feel that way when Lily doesn't put her shoes away or when Dan says that he's going to clean up the rest of dinner and he doesn't, I feel like my hair turns to flames and I can just flow on water. I've seen it. Tim saw it. I was going to make a, a comment, and yeah. but didn't yeah. need to. <laughs> not so, not so passive, passive aggressiveness. He could have toasted a marshmallow on my hair, and then eaten the outer layer, and then toasted it again. <laughs> oh, just carbon! I want more carbon. <laughs> so, with our final chapter, final episode oh, of the first book, I can't believe it. Final call to action to listeners: Maybe people actually do it this time. <laughs> I want to hear what people's favorite events are. Chances so far. This is your last chance for real, though. It's the last chance for really real until really real until someday I I have time to write this, finish the second one, and then do this again. (laughs) Okay, which I'm looking forward to because this was super fun. 
But I want to hear what what listeners, readers, favorite events, favorite character, favorite event. What was your favorite part about it? What did you love? Yeah, I don't want critical feedback. I want to know what you liked. Send all that hate to hate to me. The professional casual at gmail.com. Yeah, or top tier casual on Twitter. But if you want to tell me the stuff you did like, you can also email the professional casual at gmail.com or you can send me ma- or, you know, find me on Twitter at Dan underscore HDH. Yeah. Or dancoleauthor.com. You can join up there and message me there. Well, and if you like this, check out the Patreon because there's going to be that jork bonus episode. Heck yeah. Real good. Patreon.com slash professional casual. And we were not jorking around on that one. No, it was super fun. That was great. That was a good one. We actually recorded that before this episode. Yep. Because <laughs> that time, because I knew this one was going to take a long time. Yeah. That was, that was I, I had a great time writing that story. It was fan service, Tim service, but. I need a brand short story now, by the way. Yeah, right. So I'll try to find time to do that too. But I, I, I the, the jerk story is, I think it came out solid and it's special to me because. It, we, it became, it was created because of this podcast. Yeah. yeah. So we want to hear why Jork, how Jork lo- lost his horn, how he got a bar. What's going on with that whole stuff? What little, want to learn more about orc culture in yeah. Lanny's world. Fascinating. And the world is called Andorra. I don't know if we ever said, I don't think it's ever said in the book, but the world is called Andorra. I feel like it is, or maybe it's just because we've talked about the RPG. Yeah, because right now I just called the Andorra RPG. I need yeah. a real name for it. Can I give a tiny little like teaser of course. nugget? There's a primal in it, <laughs> and it's wearing khakis. It's not actually wearing khakis. <laughs> But there's a really fun. I, can I say it? You can cut it sure, out. Sure, go for it. Oh my god, there's a centipede primal. I don't think that gives away okay. much of anything. It's yes, there is fair. a centipede primal. So, <laughs> if you found the idea of a centipede primal and one specifically wearing khakis as funny as Tim and I found it, <laughs> you know, <laughs> you should absolutely check out our Patreon. That's Patreon.com/slash/professionalcasual. Try and keep up. an eye on that too for eventually someday we will play the RPG set in this world as well. And you can see Tim play as a Vespid, mm. a wasp primal with void powers. Yeah. He's going to go around like stabbing everybody with his butt. Yeah. He does have a stinger. Yo, I've been can, training for this my whole life. <laughs> can we um, LARP this one? Oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Tim's got to get a wasp costume. <laughs> get? <laughs> I'm going to have to choose between the eight I have. <laughs> so one last time, I want to say thank you so much for for listening. Uh, if you haven't yet, tell everybody you know about it. I think this is one of those things. I, I label it as YA fantasy, but I think it's a story for, for whatever age group, really. And if you stop and like really reflect on your life, you know. Your mom would love this story. She would. So you should tell her about it. Used to say, tell your friends, tell your mom, tell your friend's mom. Tell your mom's friends. <laughs> tell your mom's friends. And before we sign off, Dan, thanks for writing this book. Oh, thanks. It was yeah. really fun. I really enjoyed it. Thanks for being the primogenitor of the professional casual network. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Oh, well, I, I want to say I got the Chromebook right here, guys. Oh, the Chromebook we started recording on. Uh, now we just read off of it. Yeah. Well, you did. Yeah. Well, then I need to say, Danny, Tim, thank you so much for for doing this with me and and bringing my characters to life. 
in awesome ways. You guys were fantastic the whole time tonight. I think exceptionally Tim's death scream, Danny's <laughs> cries of terror as Lanny and Cass. Yeah. Just you guys nailed it from beginning to end. Thanks. From start to finger guns and moonwalk away. Yeah. From start to the end. For now. check out all of our other great shows available from the professional casual network including the space between presents which is a deep dive into docu-series including season one where we covered tiger king season two where we covered jeffrey epstein filthy rich and season three where we're currently covering mcmillions we also have the lost omens podcast our new actual play that's coming soon where we're playing pathfinder second edition we also have Big Fiction Energy, our audio drama podcast in which we tell the story of Lanny, the girl without fear, featuring sirenscape sound effects and music. A grim podcast of Perilous Adventure is our Warhammer Fantasy Roleplay actual play podcast, where we play through the enemy within campaign and try to survive the perils of the old world. We also have Elite Eight Showdown, where host Big Chuck takes an eight-team bracket that could be about anything and everything and pits them against each other. We also have The Space Between which is a deep dive podcast on the best video games, comics, and movies of today and yesteryear. Last, we have Professionally Asked, Casually Answered, an advice podcast where we take questions from you, our listeners and patrons, and try not to completely ruin your life. You can submit questions through any of the following places. Hit us up on Instagram, The Professional Casual, our Email address is theprofessionalcasual at gmail.com. We're on Twitter at Top Tier Casual. Facebook is facebook.com slash professional casual. Our Patreon is patreon.com slash professional casual. And our website is professionalcasual.com.